Father God, would you please take my weak, foolish words and would you please speak to us with your power and your wisdom. And would you open our eyes in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder whether you believe that this world is all that there is. This world of sense, of sight, touch, smell, taste or sound. Or if instead you believe that there is something more, an invisible world behind this world, but which occasionally becomes obvious in this world. I suspect that because we're here, we probably do believe that second. It's as if on those occasions, the curtain that separates heaven from earth is drawn back and we see clearly. There's a story in the Old Testament about a man called Jacob. He's the grandson of Abraham, so we're talking about a story that is about 4,000 years old. Uh, Jacob has deceived his father and he's cheated his older brother and his older brother wants to kill him. So his mum gives him a packed lunch and tells him to get out fast and go to stay with his uncle Laban who lives far, far away. Jacob leaves and sets up camp for the first night. He falls asleep and he has a dream. He sees a ladder going up into heaven and angels going up and coming down the ladder. And God speaks to him and tells him that he will be with him, that he will protect him and bless him, and more importantly, that through him, all peoples will be blessed. And when Jacob wakes up, he calls the place Bethel, which means the gate of the house of God. He describes it as the gate of heaven. The curtain that separates heaven and earth has been drawn back and Jacob sees. In our reading from John's Gospel, Jesus promises Nathanael that the curtain will be drawn back. All Nathanael can see is this world. When Philip tells him that they have found the one who Moses and the prophets spoke of, Jesus the son of Nazareth, all Nathanael does is sneer. Can anything good come from Nazareth? He's become cynical. Nathanael, from what we can gather from Jesus' description of him, and Jesus describes him as a true Israelite in whom there is no guile, is a deep patriot. He is loyal to his people, and he's loyal to his God. And no doubt he felt crushed that his country was occupied and shamed, and that the laws of God were mocked or ignored. And like many, he looked to the promises of God spoken by Moses and the prophets, that one day someone would come, a deliverer, a messiah, they would set Israel free and establish the promised kingdom of God. 
that place which we often speak of, of peace and mercy and justice, of abundance and laughter and joy, where humans will live in communion with God and in harmony with each other and with nature. And there'd be many who would come and claim to be that deliverer, that Messiah. And I suspect that Nathaniel, like many, had put his trust in them. First one, and then the next, and then the next. And each time, each time, he had been let down. The authorities had stepped in and crushed the so-called Messiah and their little movement. And now Philip comes along and tells him of another person who claims to be the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel tells him, I am not interested. I've given myself too many times to too many people and I am weary. I've been a follower of Jesus for all of my life couple of years short of 60 years and in that time I have heard countless people who claim to have had prophecies which speak of how there will be revival they say there'll be an outpouring of the power of God people will turn again to God there will be repentance and joy the churches will be filled and societies will be transformed and I used to regularly give myself to the latest movement, the person or method or course or prayer challenge. But what I was looking for did not happen. And I confess that now I have become a little bit like Nathaniel. When someone tells me that there is this new movement of the Spirit that will bring revival, I realize I've become cynical. But Philip, bless him, will not give up on Nathaniel. And he says to him, come and see. Come and meet the man, because this one is different. And Nathaniel, no doubt he just wants a bit of peace and he wants to get Philip off his back, says, okay. He gets up and he goes to meet Jesus. And as he draws close to Jesus, Jesus sees him coming. And Jesus says, here is an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Jesus is speaking the truth. He sees the heart of Nathanael and he sees what Nathanael really wants. He sees the fact that here is one who is a true descendant of Abraham, not just a physical descendant, but one who has the faith of Abraham, a deep faith in God, and who longs for the promises of God to be fulfilled. And he sees one who is plain speaking. With Nathaniel, you got what you saw. And for whatever reason, what Jesus said to Nathaniel got to him. And he is astonished. How does this Jesus know him, really know him? They haven't met. And Jesus tells Nathanael, I saw you when you were sitting under the fig tree. That in itself is a reference to the vision that we find in the prophets, that in the kingdom everyone will sit and rest under their own fig tree. It's a picture of peace and of abundance. 
And Nathan is, Nathaniel is astonished again. Why would this Jesus notice him specifically? And so Nathaniel falls for it again. He puts his trust in yet another Messiah. Notice the transformation from can anything good come out of Nazareth to Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And then look at Jesus' response to Nathanael. Nathanael, you think that's good? <laughs> You've seen nothing yet. But that's because at the moment you cannot really see me. You're only looking at the visible world. You're looking with your eyes and not with the spirit. If you look with your eyes, then you will see all the good stuff I will do. But you will also see bad stuff. You will see me rejected and crucified. But Nathaniel, as you put your trust in me, as you receive me, as you follow me, as you listen to my words and allow my words to come deep into you and to be part of you, you're going to change and you will see in a new way. Not with the eyes, but with the heart, with the spirit. And you will see, just as Jacob saw all those years ago, the curtain will be pulled back and you will see the angels ascending and descending on me. You will see that I am the gate to heaven. If you'd like to do more study about this, when you go home, could I suggest you read through John chapter 1 and look at how the words see, saw or seen are used, well known to many of you studying or teaching English irregular verbs. Add to that the word look, looked and looked. That's irregular. That, is, that one's regular. You see, the whole of John chapter 1, that idea of seeing is so important. John chapter 1 verse 14. John writes, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, full of grace and truth. And just in our verses, verses 43 to 51, Philip says to Nathanael, come and see, come and see with your eyes. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him. He tells him, I saw you under the fig tree. And then later Jesus says, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see far greater things than these. And he continues, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Our cynicism can come because we, don't, we just don't care. Or it can come from laziness, or because we get lots of likes, metaphorically or literally, when we, make, when we mock or make jokes at others' expenses. But as someone said, scratch any cynic and you will find a disappointed idealist. You see, there is also a cynicism which comes because we care too much about something and are trying to protect ourselves from being let down. 
So what does this passage say to cynics like Nathaniel or to people like me, people who think that they've seen it all and don't want to be let down again? Well, firstly, Jesus sees us. He knows us. Jesus saw Nathaniel. He knew Nathaniel. He knows who we are deep down. He can sum up who we are in a sentence, actually in a name. Did you know that for each of us, God has a name, a name which is known only to him and will one day be known also to us, a single name which completely sums up who we are. Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, um, who I do recommend, particularly his writings on prayer, writes, we also have another name which we do not know. You remember the passage in the book of Revelation which says that in the kingdom each will receive a white stone with a name written on it, a name which is known only to God and to him who receives it. This is no nickname, no family name, no Christian name. It is a name, a word that is exactly identical with us, which coincides with us, which is us. We may almost say it is a word which God pronounced when he willed us into existence and which is us as we are it. This name defines our absolute and unrepeatable uniqueness as far as God is concerned. No one can know the name as no one can in the last analysis know anyone as God knows him. And yet it is out of this name that everything else, but everything else comes that can be known about us. And Jesus knows when we feel let down, let down by ourselves, let down by those we trusted, let down by those who claim to come in his name. He knows even when we feel let down by him. He knows our cynicism, cynicism and the roots of our cynicism. And he does have a way of breaking in through that hard crust that we form around our hearts because he sees us and he knows us. And secondly, Jesus will probably not give us what we are hoping for. If Nathaniel was waiting for the kingdom of God to be established in its fullness, as he expected it, he was going to be frustrated again. If he expected to see the Messiah set Israel free from the occupation of the Romans, he was going to be disappointed. And if we expect to see dramatic revival, full churches, amazing obvious miracles, Christendom re-established and the world become a place of peace and harmony and love, then in the short term we are probably going to be disappointed. I'm afraid that more often than not, we want those things now, not for the glory of God, but for our reassurance and glory. We want people to know that I am right, to know that Christianity works like money and power work, but only better, and that I matter, and that they need to listen to me. And thirdly, Jesus will give us far more than we're hoping for. He will help us to see reality in a radically new way. He will pull back the curtain that separates heaven from earth. 
He will help us to begin to see this creation in a new way, to see places and things and other people and ourselves in a new way. And most importantly of all, to see him in a new way. Not as a divine ambulance or first aid, not as political liberator or president or prime minister or monarch or freedom fighter, not as a wonder worker or superman deliverer, if Nathaniel only saw him that way, then when he saw the crucifixion, once again, all his hopes would be shattered. But Jesus changes Nathaniel's vision. We don't know whether Nathaniel had a dream like, nation, like Jacob and saw the angels ascending and descending on Jesus. We don't know whether as he looked at Jesus being crucified, and he looked at that picture of shame and that horror and the agony that he actually began to glimpse the angels going up and coming down. We don't know whether over time he began to see with his heart that here in Jesus is the gate to heaven, the one who comes to us from heaven and takes us to heaven, the one who opens our eyes so that we begin to see as God sees and so that we begin to see God. John eyes were opened in Revelation and he was given a vision of Jesus the lion and the lamb standing in front of God among the 24 elders the people are representing the people of God but also one who could go right up to the throne to the king of kings and take from him the scroll and, and John saw him as the one who all creation, the 24 elders and all creation, bowed down and worshipped. And John saw Jesus in a new way. So I pray that as we take one more effort and come and see Jesus, who sees us and knows us, he will open our eyes and we'll begin to see with the eyes of our hearts we will see with the eyes of the Spirit. Father God, would you please open our eyes. Help us to see. Help us to see with the heart. Help us to see with the Spirit. Amen.